welcome to you Kicking the Balls, the podcast where we talk about all the week's football. I'm Clem Cruz, you're on with me as always, our Kieran Rob. Hello. Good afternoon. Okay, so we'll start with um, games just gone by. If we look at the, the games on the Friday just gone, uh, it was first one was Bournemouth and Brighton. I think uh, well, that's the first goal from uh, Jermaine Defoe to start his campaign. That's something he's been waiting for after such a, a good season last year. Much to comment on that. Yeah, and it was born with the first win of the season, well, first not defeat yeah. of the season. Uh, it's one they'll have been glad to get. I think they'll have felt it was an important one. Home to Brighton was a great opportunity for them. And in fairness, Brighton played fairly well. They took the lead, of course. But I think overall, Bournemouth probably just about deserved the win. They played f- fairly well themselves. Quite a good open attacking game. And... Yeah, I thought uh, they can be really pleased with Jordan Ibe. He hasn't obviously had the best of time since going to Bournemouth. He was a club record transfer at the time. The game. Yeah, he did. He got two assists, uh, two great finishes. Sermons as well was a good finish. And obviously Defoe did what you'd expect Defoe to do there. His kind of goal. Yeah. And you'd ex- hope and expect Bournemouth will be able to kick on there and that should be their season underway. Yeah, they beat him again during the week as well, didn't they? In the cup. It's good to see Ibe finally. Mm-hmm. But a product from Ibe. Well, I mean, uh, he was at Liverpool for a good few years there. Uh, I think he was actually me, brought in under, or uh, dog leash, actually. But uh, he was a player like I always thought when he was around that um, he had great athleticism. He was, you know, really quick on the ball, hard to knock off the ball. Just need a bit more running out of the end product. And if he is starting to get that rounded out, we saw two very good assists on his uh, composure on the ball look a whole lot better. Uh, if he is starting to get that rounded out now, he could become a really good player for Bournemouth yeah, it'd, level. Be, it'd be a matter of consistency though yeah, yeah like we can't obviously say he's finally mm-hmm. arrived after one game but yeah. they'll be pleased like, start. yeah him coming on was the difference there in that match so uh, you feel I mean Bournemouth's been very unlucky a lot of the time so far at the start of the season uh, we talked about their luck being so almost destined to turn around is that I mean, it's a bit more good fortune there for them uh, well they had some hard fixtures having mm-hmm. Man City and then having to play Arsenal like uh, there were some good performances, already some not so good performances. The Arsenal one, they were poor, but I think we all knew that they were better than that performance, and they were better than the results had suggested. And obviously, they did have mm-hmm. tough games. So I mean, the fans hadn't really gotten any highs. No, they hadn't, so and rightly so, because they'd done so much to get the club finishing ninth last season was such a great achievement for them. So, like, uh, I never uh, we'd been saying for a few weeks, like I never felt that they were in any real danger, and. Hopefully they'll kick on and prove me correct on that. So, okay. Uh, from Brighton's point of view, it's been a fairly mixed bag at the start of the season. Um, we did talk about maybe them uh, of the promoted clubs maybe having the toughest time. Uh, they've got four points on the board. That's not too bad, I guess, for promoted club. They have had some tougher games there. I mean, they started with Man City, I think, if I recall. Yeah, they yeah. did. Uh, yeah, their first couple of games they did look a bit out of their depth. Then obviously they got that draw against Watford, and then their great win against West Brom. Mm-hmm. As I say, like they they didn't do badly against uh, Bournemouth. Like they took the lead, they played some good stuff. Uh, I do still think that they're going to be they're going to have a tough season, but I wouldn't be too disheartened by that performance. No, I, I think they know that if they if they don't get relegated, then that is punching above their weight. Yeah, you know, I, I think, and I don't expect. Unless they have an absolute shocking time of it, I don't expect Chris Hutton to get sacked from from Brighton because of what he's done, mm-hmm. getting them up and stuff. I, yeah, I, I you think certainly hope not. No, I think they'll look at him like Burnley did with Sean Dyche. But the resources they went down, he had, but they gave him, gave him, you know, they kept him on, and mm-hmm. he got him back there. So I think they'll look to do that with Hutton. I, I don't expect Brighton to stay up, but 
you know, they're just, it's it's kind of like a fact finding mission this season yeah. for them, just to see how tough it is and what they need. Okay, so looking at Saturday's games then just gone by, um, Crystal Palace and Southampton. Uh, not the dream start for Roy Hodgson. I think, of course, we we talked about the really brutal sacking of uh, De Boer. Hodgson not uh, unfamiliar with these sort of situations coming in club fearing relegation perhaps even this early and there to stabilize the ship but um again the losing continues yeah in the first half they were they were really poor like they just they weren't closing down they hadn't just had such an easy time of it in midfield like absolutely first half pass for second best second half they did come out especially the first 20 minutes of that second half and they did press they were much better than they had been I thought Benteke had a poor game. Obviously, he had limited service, but he just he wasn't... That, he had that one chance, didn't he, that really should have been... Yeah, uh, and just his better. general play, like he wasn't winning headers against the defenders. Yeah, he just yeah. wasn't doing what's expected of that sort of a player. And obviously, you'd expect he'll improve as he, they give him more service than he maybe he had been getting, but it was a disappointing... Like, and I do think sort of... Southampton played well. I thought uh, the new signing, club record signing, Lamina... He had an absolutely brilliant game. Like I thought he was the man of the match for me. I thought Davis had an excellent game as well. The, just the Southampton midfield just worked really hard and worked really well. Closing down well. They were tidy in possession. It's hard to fault them, really. I suppose really the only negative you could have for Southampton was that, again, the goal came from midfield. Davis, that was his first goal since, well, since the previous season, since like the 2015-16 season. So they're still maybe lacking that goal threat up front, but certainly it was a good performance from Southampton and worrying time for Palace. Yeah, especially with the next three games they've got. I mean, they could they could actually be lose their first all, eight. Yeah, yeah like mean, they're the first team to lose their first <laughs> five without scoring, yeah. and they like you'd hope that they'll get a goal somewhere in there. But mm-hmm. you say certainly the next two away from home is the two Manchester. You'd expect them to be well beaten there, and. Chelsea, obviously, champions. It's going to be a tough game to have them. Yeah. I know Palace won in the week in the cup there, but I don't know how much you know that kind how of. How much result. you read into the cup? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I look at the table now and think it's um, Palace are bottom with zero. To get out of the relegation zone, they would need to get themselves at least four. Uh, their goal difference is a bit per, so they might need even five points to get them out of there for sure. It's only very early days. With that next run of games coming, but it could really dishearten yeah, the whole I mean, squad. Yeah, if everyone else is on, you know, sort of. I think what Roy will have to do, if they do lose their next three games, or even if they lose the next two, for the third game, is they'll have to try and maintain that. Well, maintain whatever confidence is left and build that not to read too much into because City and United at home, like they're going to beat yeah, pretty much everyone. Difficult. So. Uh, I think he's going to have the job just to maintain the confidence and try and then kick on, sort of almost have a second start for the season because like there's no way it's been like losing the first seven or possibly first eight games of the season. It's terrible, but it's not season over for a club who are being fighting at the bottom end of the season because all the clubs in there are going to lose well over eight games over the course of it. So they just need to then really hit put in the performances for the rest of the season and they can still stay up. So. Yeah, I think he's probably going to play a back six tomorrow. It's going to be four and then either the two... Two sitting midfielders are really deep yeah, or maybe the, even the three wide, really The deep. wide men, they're going to be 
pretty deep as well. It's Probably look be... to hit Pentaghi with the long ball and yeah. uh, get the wide players breaking. But and if if Benteke can't get around Otamendi, then Benteke's got some serious problems, hasn't he? If he can't at and least po- get strong some... stones, possibly as well. But yeah. I suppose we'll come on to that. But yeah. Okay, so looking to Huddersfield and Leicester, I'd uh, certainly say Huddersfield would be the, the more happy of, of the two. I think Leicester probably could have. With their attacking style of play, Huddersfield be a big promoted club. They might have thought they could have undone them. Yeah, like I think Huddersfield obviously had a disappointing result there, being beaten by West Ham. But their great start was always going to come to an end at some point. And it's get, a good point to take. It, like, certainly. Well, Leicester obviously they had a tough start and hadn't got great results. But everyone knew what t- a tough Leicester start that was, and they'd been playing, playing well. well yeah. So I don't think anyone was too worried about them, and I still I don't think anyone really will be. But uh, that's to, to play a team that well what about 15 months ago we're lifting the league mm-hmm. and still have Vardy still have Mares. like you would have to say that, that that's a really good result for Huddersfield and one that they can be happy with and to be honest I think they were the better side from what I saw of the, in the highlights so. yeah they had a goal disallowed as well did they yeah and really yeah. harshly I would yeah, say yeah, it was, incorrectly yeah. to put it bluntly like yeah. well I mean they're five games in Huddersfield they've got eight points they're sixth in the league that's I mean that's certainly it's really good yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't fault that at all no, I mean Rupert would say they didn't have a lot of money to spend. They've uh, they've adapted very well. We have talked about can they keep the level going? Is uh, is the real question? I think that's really only time will tell yeah, with that. But yeah. um, certainly they, they can't really fault any level of effort or performance so far. Uh, for Leicester, is it a bit worrying that uh, even though they have been playing well, they haven't got the results? I don't, I don't know. Think they, so. I don't know. They got a good result during the week. They did. Yep, yeah, they did. Uh, and with uh, a lot of well, obviously no Mares, no Vardy. Uh, I think Leicester will still be confident that they can get sort of a top half finish, mm-hmm. and I think the the quality of the players they have and that they seem to every player in that squad knows their job. I think obviously he's talked about Harry Maguire being a good acquisition over the summer. Absolutely, yeah. like no sign of Vardy's legs going yet. I think really there's. Do you think Mares will stay though in in January? Do you think someone will come in for him? Uh, I'd be well, surprised if they sold him mid-season I think they, I mean, they might keep him on to the, to the summer and then if he really wants to go then but and I, I think they got a bit of depth in those positions as well obviously I mean, they got Demare Gray, Gray like there's questions over his end product but no one can question his mm-hmm. he's still a young natural player, ability he's only 21 yeah, so. he still looks have a lot of talent Slimani of course got that great goal will yeah like there's talk he was going to go yeah, he was going to leave, leave. Yeah. but when you look at he's a player who's probably going to want to come off the bench like that's well, I think with players like Slomani, I mean, they signed him just off the back of the title-winning season when they Champions League football. Is it maybe that was something he's hoping to to get more of now that he's had that season Champions League football with Leicester? Well, he... I don't know about that. But, uh, well, there was talk of him going during the summer, uh, over going to take a move to Turkey. But all squads need to have a level of strength and depth. Maybe bring in Iheanacho, like, gives them that without... Obviously... Uh, They've got, you'd imagine Vardy and probably Okazaki are going to be his first choice starters most of the time. But I think uh, he's there till January. Whether he goes then, we'll see. But it just shows that they've got that little bit of strength and depth maybe above the other teams in that sort of position. Okay, so Leicester currently sitting in 15th. Not ideal. Of course, it is still very early. I mean, people talk about maybe 10 games before the table really takes shape. It's only five so far. But uh, out of the five games, uh, they've only got four points. They have had some tough fixtures in there and they have been playing well, but is it maybe because for concern they haven't maybe closed some of those games out? 
well, I haven't really been in the position to close many of them out. Like, well, I mean, the game against Arsenal, the had Arsenal the lead, one, yeah, yeah well, but that, like that went back to a bad decision as well, though. It, it did. Yeah. It was a handball, and like when you go away to Arsenal, especially that stage of the season, like there wasn't a game they were expected to leave with anything. So just the same, like they weren't expected to leave with anything against United or Chelsea. So I don't think they're going to be too disappointed. I think maybe they might have been a bit disappointed with the Huddersfield one, but actually based on the the actual match points, probably. Probably, they'll probably be happy enough with that. And well, they should be. I think they kind of escaped with that. Yeah, and now they go back to the King Power and they've got something to build on. So, uh, West Brom, West Ham. I think we talked about that possibly last week being uh, quite set up for a draw maybe and almost destined that it did happen in the end. Yeah, well, we did say that we didn't, after shipping three goals the previous week, yeah. Tony Pulis wasn't going Take to allow no that chances. to happen again. Uh, I thought maybe we might see... We might see maybe a one all. I thought we might see a bit more from it, but I suppose uh, Billich maybe has to look Bilic, at these games and think a point away, not so bad. And especially in the first three games of the season, with them shipping so many goals, mm-hmm. uh, obviously they did keep a clean sheet against Huddersfield, but he maybe was keen to keep that going. And a point away to West Brom is not a bad result for a side like no, West Ham, no. who probably mid-table and West Brom be sort of their well the season so far. Uh, so I think a point away, so I suppose, would be a direct rival. I think West Ham will probably be happy enough with that. Yeah, and if you if you cut out the first three fixtures and just sort of talk about from after the international break, that's four points from two games mm-hmm. yeah. for them. So, you know, that's that's not bad. I mean, you've got to kind of take it in those sort of small steps, haven't you? Well, they're just outside the relegation zone now. Um, four points again uh, from five games, same as Leicester. Uh, goal difference is obviously a bit worse off than Leicester, but uh, since they come back to the international break, they have been a lot better than they were. Is that a bit of a corner turn for Belich? And does that come at a very good time for him? Well, you'd hope so, because pressure, I think, was starting to build on. And they obviously didn't have a dream first season at the new stadium and then a really poor start to this season. But I think the fans like Belich, and I think the players like him as well, So, which maybe bought him a little more time or would buy him a little more time uh, than some other managers would get. But, uh, yeah, well, you'd hope for and for the club that that will be the corner turn and they'll be able to push on now and look at the squad and say it's probably capable of a mid-table finish and you'd hope that now they'll push on and get that. Okay, so for West Brom, they're sitting mid-table, 10th uh, with eight points. It's certainly not bad. They've played quite well this season. Well, they had a brilliant start. Mm-hmm. Uh, things have tailed off a little since then. Uh, again, they're not a club that anybody I think would expect to be in any danger of relegation I think mid-table will probably be the aim for them and they'll probably end up there thereabouts they'll have Garth McCauley coming back to fitness mm-hmm. now who's obviously I think he played every minute last season or maybe he came off very late on in one of the games when he got his injury but he certainly was an ever-present and a goal threat as well at set pieces so just having that bit more quality and that bit more strength and depth at the back you think it'll be a boost to them I don't think they'll be in any real trouble No, they'll probably finish between 8th eight, and 11th yeah, that's, they're there about probably, them, yeah. isn't it? Okay, so looking to Liverpool game, it's not one I'm looking to remember all too much, but uh, I have to talk about it anyway. Uh, home to Burnley, a draw, not the result I think anyone was looking for in Liverpool camp. We did mention that the possible banana skin. Yeah, like it is the sort of game that Liverpool mm-hmm. struggled in last season. And it, and it once but, again highlighted the lack of communication or lack of mm-hmm. coordination at the back. For you know Burnley's goal, yeah, it was. Uh, they looked a bit hard uh, defending. I think it was raised again. And, uh, a number of shots and how few them ended up on target, and certainly how how few really threatened. It was and really if they had taken their chances better, they 
still could have won that match. Absolutely, yeah. And in fairness, they did deserve to have a penalty, which they didn't get. But oh, that was quite like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, but like at the end of the day, when you play at home to Burnley, and you're outside, certainly with top four ambitions, like I suppose some Liverpool fans would probably maintain title ambitions, although I think that's a bit beyond them this season. Uh, really, the sort of game that regardless of these things, they should be winning. And they they didn't do it, and that's they haven't won since the international break now, in any competition, and you would say that they're going to have to get their act together if they are mm-hmm. going to have a chance of getting top four. So. Yeah, on on the flip side of that though, that's what five points out of oh, available yeah. nine for Burnley from the, uh, yep. the three yeah. three away, away games, games yeah. against three of sitting seventh last season's well. top four. Like yeah. Burnley have done so well this season, yeah. and uh, if they can continue it like a top half like. Burnley were the ones I, th- I thought at the start of the season might go down. Like, if Burnley were to finish top half, that would be such an achievement for mm-hmm. them. Bournemouth obviously did it last season. Well, I uh, think um, with, with all the experience now that uh, it's, uh, two seasons that Sean Dyche has had now in the Premier League, not consecutively, he was down back up again. But I think he's come back as that bit wiser. And um, he's picked up a lot. Uh, I think going away to the team is now we've seen that was such such a big weakness for them last season. I mean, it was all in the home form, but now he's gone away a team. He's gone away at Chelsea, gone away to Liverpool, you know and really been able to give as good as he got. But I think they have come back a bit more ambitious. Um, I think, well, of course, that first scene was all about surviving, but I think they're, they're building on now. now. I think um, Sean Dyche really wants to take it as far as he can. Well, I think this season still the priority will have been. It's sort of, of course, and, yeah. and even at this early stage, despite the, it will still be to stay up. But yeah, maybe they, they do think with that little more experience that maybe that they can get where maybe they went for a draw in the past, they might go for a win. I think they've now, been so. able to strengthen a bit better as well. By yeah. staying in the league, they've got that bit of extra money mm-hmm. yeah. and been able to bring in some you know, some better quality players as well. I think that's why a lot of people look at someone like Sean Dyche and uh, have a bit more admiration than maybe someone like Roy Hodgson, who of course is very good at steadying the ship, but you don't feel really has dreams of taking that club and you know going winning things with them. Uh, well, Sean Dyche has built as opposed to come in as a firefighter. Yeah. I think also Sean Dyche's age is obviously in his yeah, favour. He's, he's, what, 30 years younger? Mm-hmm, so yeah. he's, you know... But Hodgson's always done that. You know? I think uh, the fact that Hodgson, you'd say, has probably been found out at the top level. Liverpool didn't work for him. England didn't yeah. work for him. Well, Dyche still happens. hasn't had that opportunity, so we don't know how he would do. So there's that little bit of optimism, whereas I don't think we'd ever see Hodgson get a top job again. Okay, so getting back to the game, I mean, Liverpool... I, I, I don't like breaking on the stats too much and, you know, poking that and saying that that's why things happen because stats are stats. But there were a lot of shots and not many of them really troubled. And like to me, it seems that uh, Liverpool get frustrated very, very easily. If they don't get that early goal to settle them, they do get desperate. They start shooting from every possible angle and opportunity. And I think goalkeepers love that because they know they're not going to be beaten very often from, you know, really ambitious shots from yeah, 30 if, yards if they are it has to be an absolute belter mm-hmm. and they can do nothing about it anyway and I think as well you know when you get your fullbacks bombing forward you know you're getting very desperate you get dragged out of position that's not what Liverpool want Liverpool need to keep their their back line very rigid at the moment and I think that's, that's really doing them no favours when they do start getting desperate and throwing everything forwards well I suppose when they're at home to a side like Burnley they almost view it a draw as almost and points wise, it is almost as bad as a defeat. Of course, yeah. uh, so you can see why they do it. I just think they need to be more clinical when they get their chances. Really, and obviously, in addition to 
sorting their defensive problems. I think the goals will come for Liverpool. Like obviously they scored four against Arsenal. You think they won't continue to create that many chances without scoring or without scoring enough in most games. The worry would be there's been absolutely no sign for several seasons now under Klopp and previously under Rodgers that the defence is being sorted. It looks as bad as ever. So Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, it seems to me that um, Matt was kind of the only nailed on centre-back and we're just going through combination and combination of uh, either Clavon or Lovren and if he ever makes a mistake that week it's just dropped and then if, it's, if Lovren makes a mistake Clavon comes back in and it's just constantly changing and I think neither of them really bring anything that Maddox doesn't bring on his own I think Maddox is probably the best stopper in the side of defence we have but you know it's only one half of the, the equation you need someone who's going to organise things someone like Carragher or Agar used to and Liverpool haven't got that I would like to see maybe Gomez tried in the centre I, I know he played against Leicester and that didn't go very well but I don't think that was Joe Gomez's fault I mean I think Liverpool again we're just guilty of having a lot of the ball and not doing enough with it but I think uh, Gomez in the centre of defence with, with Matt might be the best of the options we have right now because I think neither Clavan or Lovren really bring an awful lot of the table at the moment. You'd wonder might a back three even be an option. You've seen other clubs like Arsenal mm-hmm. and City use it's, that when they've been suspect. It's not. I've seen Klopp deploy before. I think mm-hmm. he, he's quite. But, but then you've got yeah. then you've got two liabilities rather than one. Yeah, yeah. That's, I that's, think that's, the idea. Hope the is problem. maybe that one liability that is able to be, bail the other one out. Mm, yeah, well, I don't know if they will say two wrongs don't make a right, don't they? I'd like to see Gomez brought into the centre of defence. I mean, that was the position he was claimed he'd been bought for he's been shunned out to, to full back a few times now I think you know with Klein being injured and we don't want to play Alexander-Arnold every game when he's still quite young so very between the two Gomez or Alexander-Arnold and uh, I think if he, if he was brought into the centre of defence you might just balance that out a bit more where where uh, have some a bit better on the ball than Clavon or Lovelin because Gomez is a bit more technique he has played full back and uh, he even played left back um in that, in that first season, he came through against. Uh, he played. Uh, um, I, I, I find it difficult to believe that that Jurgen Klopp was a centre back when yeah. he was a player. So why is he having such a problem sorting that position out? Well, it's quite the same with Rodgers as well. Yeah, he was a defender, defender too. too, but uh, I don't know. I think as much yeah, as well, anything, Rodgers didn't play at the level. That, no, you know. well, even Klopp was only but Bundesliga two. You play that, yeah, but, um, second division, but. Uh, you still feel naturally have some sort of defensive instincts to. Yeah. to work I think off there, a but bigger problem is. Obviously, defense of organization is terrible. Like, but the midfield doesn't give them enough protection. No, absolutely. And not. like you saw against Chelsea against Arsenal, a great performance from Arsenal. Obviously, they did rightly going forward, even though they didn't score. But a great defensive performance from them. But that was as much down to the midfield protecting that, the back three as it was to. It's, the, it's about the discipline of the player, isn't uh, it? Yeah. It's well, I think that's, um, that's what it comes down to. No, no. Uh, Robertson was given another game midweek. I, I think everyone on. Planet Earth can see that Robertson probably is going to give you more defensively than Moreno. If he can start left back and we aren't really looking over our shoulder, Milner to maybe take that one up again. He if was Milner, good going forward as yeah, well, especially in the first half. If if Milner could come back into the midfield, I think that midfield would look a lot better. It's, but Milner did play in the midfield mm-hmm. against Burnley. Well, I think we was talking about that last week actually about mm-hmm. having Milner play in the midfield. Yeah, yeah, definitely based on Robertson's performances so far, you'd have to say. He's got to feel hard done by if he doesn't get picked in at the weekend. But well, you don't, you just don't know because earlier in the season against Crystal Palace, he had a great game and was subsequently dropped again. So, well, you saw um, in the first half against Leicester in that midweek game, Robertson was getting a lot of crosses in. Nobody put them in the net, which is about you know wasteful because they, they were a good cross. You've seen someone make the run, but it was very clear that it must be a half time that uh, Craig Shakespeare told the team 
stop getting the ball down that left because it's it's clearly causing some problems. And they did a lot of effort to, to keep the ball from coming down that flank and it worked very well because all of a sudden crosses weren't coming in. They weren't creating those chances and well, Leicester didn't concede any goals and they took their opportunities, which Liverpool did not do. And that's how they ended up winning 2-0. Uh, Watford and Man City, I mean... Uh, Man City are on absolute fire at the moment. They've been yeah, they really, really good. I think we all predicted that there was going to be a hide in in that game. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we all predicted I think I a few goals. Yeah, no, I think I went three. But no, no I uh, think like Watford obviously had had a brilliant start to the yeah. season. Two I, wins, I two they goals. They scored a couple of goals against that defence. Uh, um, well, they could have done. They did yeah. get chances, but they obviously they didn't take mm-hmm. them. And City certainly did take theirs. Like Aguero, when he's on form for me, is the best number nine in the league. Like, and then he looks like established quite a good partnership now with Gabriel with Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, the yeah, question is going to be nice like, together, is it where we're going to actually leave because he's just taking his place but right now you think having both of them on the pitch mm-hmm. is such it looks a really asset. effective yeah. combination then and De Bruyne as well is having probably he's in the best form of his yeah. career he's playing a deeper more playmaking type role than he had done in the past but he's doing it brilliantly and obviously David Silva everyone knows world class midfielder still has been for years so. I mean last season people tore into Pep Guardiola and maybe he'd uh, he won in leagues where he was given the resources to comfortably win those. Yeah, in, in other words, the leagues aren't as, aren't as strong. As yeah, I mean, uh, in in the Bundesliga or in uh, in La Liga, certainly Barcelona and Bayern Munich would be in contention really every year. If I mean, in the Bundesliga in particular, it's a sort of when hell freezes over that they don't win that. I mean, I, I know Dortmund had those two years under Klopp back to back and uh, Leipzig ran them a bit closer last year but so when he when he came to England I think people expected instant success and when it didn't deliver you know there was a bit of animosity but if uh, if he's managed to get his head around English football now you really feel you know Pep Guardiola is a really good manager I think people were expecting a little too highly in the first season I think it'd be a wee bit quick to say everyone knows yeah sure Pep's a good manager he's thrown a phenomenal amount of money at the problem it's not like he's found ingenious creative solutions that of nobody else could like, he, like they, they spent more money than any other club this summer like that PSG included because that Mbappe deal doesn't go through till next year I do think sort of, it is a wee bit worse to say Pep is a genius and that's why City are now doing better well, also they like it's more to the course, with the yeah. exception of the Liverpool game where they were playing against 10 men for the majority of it they really haven't faced much of a challenge this year I think once they go to United go to Chelsea like yeah they're doing brilliantly but, but, but I they think started last season brilliantly they got yeah, 10 they games unbeaten uh, and the season before as well, yeah. like sort of. Yeah. So I think they go through these bursts where they, they do, yeah. yeah, where they're, they're unstoppable, and then just like the click of a well, finger. I, I think at the start of last season, maybe some some teams maybe gave them a bit too much respect, and you know, they were standing off, you know, kind of hmm. preparing for this barrage of pep attacking football. And then I think as the season went on, they said, okay, I think we've just gotten a bit more figured out now. You know, we can take the game in the midst. It's not impossible to beat a Pep Guardiola side, but I think. Um, Maybe he's just got it a bit more cracked for real now. I think there was a lot of talk. Maybe he was overcomplicating things last season as well. Yeah, definitely yeah. for he's the players. Got a better goalkeeper yeah. now as well. I mean, okay, so uh, from Watford's point of view, I mean, I, I, it is a bad result, but uh, I think it's it, just write it off and forget yeah, about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, bad day have at the to. office, especially like, against Man City. You would hope that because yeah. they had such a great start the season that it won't shake them too much. I mean. They probably were expecting to lose that mm-hmm. game, although they obviously they got that good result against Liverpool early in the season. Yeah. Like they maybe thought maybe they could sneak a point. They won't have been expecting to be beaten six 0 yeah. but you'd hope that they'll be able to. Well, shake. it's a bad result. But you could say a bad day at the office, very good day at the office for Man City, and say next game's the more important game for mm-hmm. Watford. Uh, looking at Newcastle, then uh, that's a very good win for them. Of course, uh, home to Stoke. Stoke had started the season pretty well themselves. 
Newcastle a bit more of a good run now after yes, a three wins on the bounce yeah. they're up to fourth in the league yeah. I think yeah they did start slowly obviously they were probably the championship side that I think we all fancied and most people fancied mm-hmm. to have the best chance probably the best equipped on yeah, paper at least staying up even though they didn't add as much in the summer as the fans or Rafa would have liked to have yeah. but they've won three in the bounce now they, they've been playing well I think there's a lot of optimism. Yeah, the optimism's back. Yeah, it? it wasn't there. It wasn't there in the first two yeah. games, and I think everyone knows about Rafa's experience and quality. Like uh, to be managing a club of not Newcastle's size in terms of their fan base and their history, but in terms of their size, their standing at the minute, like they've got a really like a much more experienced manager at the top level than, the cl- than most of the clubs around them. So I think they can be really happy with their start of the season barring those first two games and you'd hope that they can carry that forward because really based on the evidence we have so far there's no real good reason why they can't be safe as opposed to being down that relegation scrap if they continue this form yeah I think they'll just they'll they'll want to anything above 15th I think they'll be happy enough with and then they can build on that next season I mean some of the Newcastle fans will probably I mean they've been sort of Joking about saying they're going to get in the Champions League and all that sort of carry on because they're play- they're in fourth at the minute, but yeah. you know R- Rafa's kind of brushed that off uh, mm. without even sort of mentioning it, uh, which is a, the the smartest thing to do. Uh, I think he just sort of said, no, 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 we're just going to focus on the next game and that's all they can do. And yeah, I think anything above fifteenth and they, they should be pretty pleased and they can they can reassess and, b- and build again in the summer. Hopefully, they'll have that bit more money that Mike Ashley might actually give to the manager, uh, and then build again well, from Stoke's point of view it's uh, not the ideal result but um, they can probably put that behind them as well it's probably quite a tricky place to go at the moment to have been playing quite well Newcastle yeah it was a little disappointing but Stoke have had a good start to the season yep. as well and I think they probably will be able to put it behind them they've been there before Hughes has been there for a good few years now I expect Stoke will put it behind them and should be fine really So, I think they're just a bit inconsistent aren't they yeah, you know, they, they have they, been for like they're they've always well certainly since Marcus has been there they have sort of been just as capable of losing to poor sides they have of shocking the sides, top yeah. sides yeah. yeah okay so we talked a bit about the curse of Wembley and me putting that behind them after the good win over Dortmund but um no such luck for Tottenham uh, dropped home points again against Swansea I think a lot of teams would have struggled to break Swansea down now. yeah Swansea yeah. did defend really well there. Uh, again Tottenham did have chances obviously Kane hit the bar Fabianski made a great save from a header from Kane at the near post as well again penalty shouts I think they deserved to have at least one but there, was, there was the handball wasn't there there was the ha- there were two yeah. handball ones yeah, and, one, was one the, of them was quite and then there was the foul on uh, Aurier yeah but for uh, Clement's plan worked and uh, yeah, teams like, did not to hold out for such a long time Really, it, it is impressive. No one is obviously going to be talking about the lack of Swansea creativity in a game and they're back to the wall. Yeah, I, That problem, I don't think, has gone away. Mm-hmm. Sanchez didn't have a particularly good game. That, Ronaldo Sanchez, that is. Uh, and I do still worry about Swansea going forward. I still think that there's not enough creativity in that side to create the goals that they're going to need and that they're going to be right down there. Mm-hmm. But credit... That is a good away point. Credit to... The, yeah, it's a great away point and credit to the defence. Tottenham, again, on another day, they probably would have... They would have won it, but they didn't. And the more results they got, they got, the more teams are going to go to Wembley mm-hmm. and think that they can get something. 
It's it's not been a particularly poor start, really. I mean, from top of the have had games that have played quite well, got good results as well. But uh, there is still that little. Where, where are like, they sitting in the league currently? Uh, they are fifth. They are top of fifth, eight points. I mean, so it's not a bad alley so far. Not a terrible. It's place okay, to be. but certainly if yeah. they're hopeful that they would actually kick on and win the league this year mm-hmm. after third and second. It's not looking like that's going to happen. No, no. Uh, I, which I don't think many of us thought it would. Like really, I think we would look again think, top four. Is there... I think at the start of the season, I I had suggested if it was at White Hart Lane, yeah, maybe would. Mm-hmm. But, but it, it not isn't. Been? So yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, and as you said, the longer it goes on, the longer yeah. well, it, of, it'll feel the, like it's going on. Of themselves, Arsenal and Liverpool—they're in the best position. So I suppose that yeah. he's got that to take because that's really probably where they're. I do think mean. they'll they'll make top four. I mean, I, I don't see them realistically challenging for the league with um, such a setback that uh, I mean they really are struggling to get three points every week at home. But I mean, it's a really good side. They have strengthened pretty well. Brought in some more players to fill out that squad depth we talked about. So I think they, they should make top four. I do think it'll click eventually for them. Uh, then probably I don't. They won't get to the level they were at White Hart Lane last year. But I can't see them just continuing and continuing week after week. There will be a week where they win at Wembley, and hopefully when they do, yeah. they're able to kick on and sort of get something resembling I mean, they, consistency they beat, there. They beat Dortmund at Wembley. We they did. Thought yeah, that might be a bit more, but still waiting. For more league wins, but um, I mean, Swansea, it's a, it's a very good waypoint we talked about. They're sitting 14th, five points. It is just outside the the bottom three on points. So there's been a lot of teams on five There points, are, so yeah. fives and fours, there are. Yeah. But um, I mean, I it's f- sort of there, thereabouts where you'd yeah. expect them to be uh, argu- be arguably a bit better than we expect them to be, especially seeing they've had two tough games at United earlier as well. So like I wouldn't be too worried about their defensively. Mm-hmm. If they can start getting some goals, yeah. certainly if they are able to get Bonnie back to anything like his best, and if they can start putting chances there for him, then they'll probably be okay. You but they are going to need to improve it. You going do forward. feel it's, uh, it's going to be a tough season. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And you look at the squad depth; there, there really isn't a lot there. I mean, no. So that I could some stretch. They might have to really, you know, forego those. Uh, FA Cup, League Cup, and really put every egg in the one basket, staying uh, trying to keep themselves up in the in the Premier League. Yeah, well, that said, sometimes a good cup run can inspire a team yeah. and lift a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shot with Villa a couple of years ago under Tim Sherwood. Okay, uh, Chelsea and Arsenal. I was uh, on on the Sunday. Um, gotta say, Arsenal. Give them, give them a really Why good can't run they there. do that every yeah. week against yeah. the big sides? Well, it's, it's sort of as it needs a response, you know. I think the biggest transformation was in the midfield too in uh, Ramsey and Jacka. I mean, they were absolutely atrocious against mm-hmm. Liverpool a couple of weeks ago, and they looked like a proper top class holding midfield pairing, which they aren't. And we all know we are. We know that Jacka is dubious in the ta- tackle, and Ramsey really is more of an attacking midfielder. But they were so disciplined; they held their positions so well. The whole team. Uh, like I saw their graphic of their average position, and it looked like a diagram of what three four three would look yeah, like. Yeah, I, I saw yeah. it myself. Yeah, so uh, yeah. so it just uh, it was such a good disciplined performance, the kind really which has been such a rarity for Arsenal in really the last ten plus seasons. But, but is what we've seen like a thousand times before, where I mean, an Arsenal side takes a battering, and I mean every fan's out on on the five live phone in saying they have to. I mean, Wenger has to go, and then there's a response. You know, why does it have to take a battering and all, all the 
fans come out in force for for Wenger to go and turn it around and get them playing to that level? Well, you'd hope that the next time they play a big team, that they're able to deliver a performance more like Absolutely. what we saw last week than they did against Liverpool. Uh, obviously, Sanchez is still coming back to full fitness. He didn't actually start there in that game. So, s- sort of so- signs of encouragement for Arsenal after a difficult patch there, a difficult start to the season. They could have won it as well. Oh, um, yeah. they like like said, it, had that it certainly, uh, well, open goal, practically. And I don't know what he was thinking. It must have just come off his shin or there, We should probably mention the David Lee's red card as well. Well, the is, actual yeah. red card was a definite red yeah. card. No, no question about yeah. that. I mean, it was an awful challenge. Yeah. But yeah, the the overhead kick. Yeah, for me, the the that well, was there was the right decision on both ones. I don't think the overhead kick was a red card, and I don't and I do think the one that was descending. Oh off, yeah, the descending off, which was a shame because generally he hadn't had a bad game. Uh, he made a few important tackles, two important interceptions. But uh, no, he can have had no complaints. It was a really bad tackle, as clear as a red card, as you'll see. So. The overhead kick was a strange one, wasn't it? Um, I, I saw Ian Wright suggesting that it should have been a red card. When I th- I, 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 to me, it, w- it was different than you know the the Mane one. I, I, I don't think you could. Well, be given the foot to was it. high, but the foot is always going to be high in an overhead and, kick. I think. Yeah, you know, and someone was suggesting, you know, if you if you took that, you know, overhead kicks and stuff out of the game, you. you you wouldn't have got like Wayne Rooney's wonder goal yeah. you know, against Man City, but there was no no defenders near him when he did that. Everyone loves to see an overhead kick executed successfully, so I don't think we should be no, clapping no. down hard on when people try for it. So. It just it seemed a strange thing to do in a box full of people mm. to go for an overhead kick. I mean, surely your head would be the most obvious uh, thing to Implement. use, <laughs> yeah, rather than turning around and going for an overhead kick when there's what. Eight people around you? I suppose he had his back to goal and he was going to spectacular. Mm. I think the right decisions were made by the ref on yeah. both calls. So. so I guess for Chelsea, I mean, Arsenal played very well. They can't feel too bad. I mean, as you said, Arsenal could have won the game. But at home, it was uh, an opportunity to keep pace there. And, uh, but they have dropped a couple more points, which puts them a bit further back in the title race. First points they've dropped at Stamford Bridge in, in about a year, isn't it? Well, but certainly their, their home record has been very, very yeah. good under Conte. Yeah. I suppose you could as well look at their disciplinary record this season has been really poor after something yeah. like one red card in their previous 72 games They had two or off in the first game, didn't they? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, they had two, two off in the first game and then obviously David Luiz at the weekend and they had Pedro off in the... Oh, in the Community Shield, community yeah. Shield yeah. as well. So it, it is going to be a problem. Like, if they're racking up suspensions, like, they've only just got Gary Cahill back and now they've got... David Luiz is spending it is going to be a problem for them and you don't it wasn't such an issue against Arsenal because they're sending off was so late but you'd never want to be playing for any extended period of time with 10 men as you saw with them against Burnley but and it, it was a straight red as well wasn't it because he had been booked out it was game, yeah but, but the referee showed him a straight red yeah, three so game ban yeah, yeah. and he can't have any complaints no so. no not at all but then for Arsenal obviously a very good performance saw the way point maybe they could have won it but is there that fear now that what happens next week if it's just um see him again just back to where they were of course there is because we've seen, seen it before, so before yeah. but all we can do is praise what they've done and hope for course, the best yeah. with them and if they do go back to back to the bad old ways next week then we'll have to criticise them but we only base what we've seen so far so maybe uh, maybe they shouldn't get any praise at all maybe maybe that'll make them complacent well, maybe I mean maybe, maybe the fans have to have to make that point and say you know all very good but 
we can't heap it on too thick when we know yeah. it, it's about the consistency. It'll, it'll, that's yeah, been the breed, problem. Breed complacency within the players, yeah. and you know, I mean, get lazy. like they've always been a side on their day. You know, well, as I was going to say, who sort of have seemed to have responded better to what you might call bad pressure than good pressure. Like at yeah. times, of Arsenal have been leading the league sometimes with a no healthy margin, up, you know. Yep, and then they bottle it. But when they've had to, many times, seen them come back and claw back yeah. to get into that top four position. That's when they've done well. Yeah, so. Okay, so moving on to United and Everton. United at home, that was on the Sunday as well. Um, certainly the underwhelming start continues for Everton. Yeah, it was 10 goals they've shipped in three games that, yeah. that last week. It, it, it was actually ha- a much better performance from Everton. Yeah, in the second half, I mean, they were the better side. I think we talk about it as much like Swansea, where I mean, they were quite well in for... Yeah, well, yeah that, that's the second game. goal goes in. Then the second three goal late goals and it really, makes it look like a yeah. very one-sided affair. Yeah. But unlike Swansea, I mean, even though that for a long time it looked like 1-0 could well end up being the final score in that, it never looked like United were in any danger of not winning. Yeah. You know, Everton had chances. De Gea made a couple of good saves. Like, really, for a lot of that match, it looked like United were almost waiting for the final whistle for maybe half an hour and then they got their second goal and... We all know how it went from there, but I, it's probably the. In fact, it is the best I've seen Everton perform since the City match. Yeah, well, Rooney had a pretty good game. It looked like he was getting stuck into absolutely everything. Yeah, he looked really up for it. So. Yeah, and then it was um, the, what the second, third, and fourth goal. It was all down to individual errors, wasn't it? From what I recall. Yeah, and then the penalty and stuff as well. Yeah. So. Well, we have talked about possibly the, the lack of pace. I mean, they've brought in quite a few new players, but not many. You're really going to cut teams open like that? No, um, there's not. That is the main, main weakness. weakness yeah. But uh, that's obviously going to hurt them more playing against good sides where they're going to need to counter mm-hmm. and they don't have the pace. Against teams where they dominate possession, hopefully yeah. we'll see that sort of bit, the quality and the pace won't be such an issue. So. No, it's only five games, but that probably would be the the biggest surprise of how it's uh, panned out so far in the league table. That Everton are in the bottom three. Uh, just four points minus eight goal difference. It's um, not not what they'd want yeah, to be. Yeah, it's not good. Although you do have to take it in the context mm-hmm. of the games they've had. But no, they obviously against Spurs and against Chelsea, they were they were very poor. Mm-hmm. Against United, they were better. I don't think they'd be too upset at the fact that they lost. They'd be annoyed that they conceded those late goals. But there are definitely signs of encouragement for them. And you'd hope that... They- because, I mean, it's been amazing so far. But there have been a few coming out and saying that Coleman isn't the right man and if you think of the last season when there's talk and going to Barcelona would he see out the rest of his contract it's been such a, a, a contrast well when yeah. you spend as much money as Koeman did there's always going to be a lot of yeah. pressure but I think he needs to be given some time to allow his players to bet in so. he's, he's brought in his players to do it to bet in he has to know his best left much I don't think he really knows his best left yet but no, I think he's brought in too many players to he know what his done, best yeah. eleven players. Are. Well, you saw with Jose Mourinho at United last year. He didn't know what his best eleven mm-hmm. was. This year, this year he does, and they're doing really well. So I think Kuman needs to be given a, a bit mm-hmm. of time to. Whisper talk about United. We talked about all the the Everton side of that there, but then United have their side as well. That keeps them up at the just um, behind Man City, only on only on goal score. Actually, no, not even goal score. The alphabetical level. order. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a yeah, which is quite ridiculous. Here. So, I mean, they're, they're really matched in every respect. They've seen a number of points, goal difference, goals for. Um, I mean, United's going to look at that and say that's a clinical way to close out a game right at the very end. I mean, Everton did Yeah, it's apart, a couple of times they've really, you know, yeah, tightened the screw. It has to be done. And, uh, it shows, that I think, the, the great fitness and the yeah. strength that they've got on the bench, that they're able to do that. I think United will be very pleased with the season. The Everton game was not, by a long stretch, their best performance of the season. But they're right up there. They're 
obviously you said they're neck and neck with City, so they've still got every chance that this can be their year finally after what four seasons now without winning it. So we say about Diego Costa who's finally agreed. That's right, he's agreed to come back to Atletico, yeah. Yep. So that's I suppose maybe a little bit of weight off Chelsea. I think he was too far gone to be ever brought back into the fold there, so I think it's probably the best solution for all concerns. Uh, I mean, some people have been quite optimistic and talking about the the attacking line that uh, Atletico Madrid have. Could I be maybe sceptical enough to say that uh, with Cost going back, Griezmann's quite possibly going to move on? We summed that very honourable move to say, well, the transfer ban was there, he wouldn't leave. But with that being lifted soon enough, and that's... Um, that was why he stayed, wasn't yeah. it? Although they are very different players, I definitely mm-hmm. think they could play together perfectly of course, well. Yeah, I think that is the hope in... I would be quite surprised, although obviously it could happen if Griezmann was to leave in January. I think it's more likely to happen next summer, but we'll we'll see. Okay. Uh, okay. So um, that's that's the games, the the last match day gone. Um, looking at uh, the fixture starting tomorrow, West Ham at home to Tottenham. I mean, West Ham are on a better bounce now after the international break Tottenham disappointing draw there last week but they're now away from home again maybe a bit of that hoodoo lift is yeah, Tottenham likely to win that one you'd say probably it's going to be yeah, it's funny in their hands their, their away form might end up being better than that. it's strange form. I mean you sometimes yeah. see it but yeah uh, we saw United were like that last season mm-hmm. so. you know, they, the strange thing for them was they hadn't just moved grounds yeah they were just poor at home weren't they and yeah. we, we saw Belich maybe a bit content to take that away at points might he be content to take a home point against Spurs or do you think he's going to have to push for all three now? I think he probably would be content to take a home point against Spurs. I think Spurs, like, obviously they had a disappointing result there last week, but they are a very good side. I mean, they were second in the league last year, third the year before that. Like we've said before, a lot of people said before 1-11, they're arguably the best in the league. Mm-hmm. Certainly last season you would have said that. So, And I feel that maybe a side can't defend again how Swansea managed to keep up a wall last I time. I can't and imagine West Ham will be able to defend. No, no. they've had their fair share of defensive blunders so far. I mean, yeah. Tottenham will think even if they do want to put up a wall, I mean, maybe uh, Billage will be a bit more creative than that and come out and play a bit more, but if, even if they did, there's no guarantee that'll work against uh, a Tottenham. No, I'd be inclined to go for a uh, narrow Tottenham, and I'm going to say 2-1 yeah. to Tottenham. I'm going to go 1-0. Uh, I'd say 2-1 sounds about right to me. Okay, uh, 3 o'clock kickoffs then. um Burnley at home to Huddersfield. I mean, that's that's two sides who have started very well. Burnley again, we actually talked about. Um, it's been the flip side. Uh, their their home form has actually not been as good as their away form, which is so so different to how it was last year. Uh, Huddersfield seem to be really up front, very ambitious. Even even away from home, they're still really taking the games to sides. I think there'll be a lot of energy in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Burnley, of course, quite uh, keen to get some more points at home. I can see this one being a draw. I think it'll be one all. I think if some, I'd be thinking Burnley are more likely to win it than Huddersfield, but I can see it maybe being a one. Yeah, I think I think a draw would probably be about fair. I think I think there'll be a lot of you know, it will be a lot of energy in it because both teams are just going to come out and go for it. I think I don't, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine there'd be any point. You certainly to hope back. that Burnley will being the home yeah. side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm inclined to say Burnley might just uh, just sneak that one because I think um, Burnley were very good last year. I think maybe a lot of the clubs they played against me figured out their game that the I mean they're quite a counter attacking side at home they play with a front two a lot of the time and then have that quite direct approach but uh, 
I think maybe Huddersfield won't have had that experience of playing against them last year in the league, so they, they might be a bit fresh to it. And Burnley might just expose them that way. So I think I think Burnley could take that one just uh, get some more points on the board at home. You go for a two one. Uh a one nil even maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. I think it'd be a one nil. I mean uh, Chris Wood says started his um, time at Burnley quite well. I mean it's uh, a long way to go, but he has kicked on pretty well so far. Uh Everton and Bournemouth. Uh I mean Two, funny, di- two different yeah. feelings from last week. Yeah. Funny, last week we were saying our oh, Bournemouth have to get something from that game against Brighton, mm-hmm. and they did. And they did, yeah. Yeah, I think now we've got we're thinking Everton, Everton have, have to get, get something. Oh yeah, from definitely they sort yeah. of restart their season. Yeah, uh, I, I think they will. I think one nil Everton. Um, they're just going to grind it out. I think so. Yeah, it's, it's a strange one because I mean there has to be a response from Everton, and you feel there's I mean there's definitely the resource there to do it uh, at home to Bournemouth. They definitely have the players they could easily win that game. But of course, Bournemouth, you feel that they've just um, kick-started their own season. They were quite unlucky. They've been playing in some of those games quite well. Not in every game, but uh, I mean, with that result, could they maybe have a little upset there? But I, I'm inclined to say Everton as well. Uh, I, think, I think I'm going to go for a, a 1-1 here, I think. Uh, if it, it's only possible. It's really hard to call that one because uh, of, of the last week's um, yeah. results. I mean, Bournemouth, of course, could be on the verge of getting themselves started. Everton really needs something to wash away the memories that um, real hiding they took. But uh, I, I'm inclined to say Everton might just sneak it 2-1, I'm going to say. Yeah, one I already said. Okay. Yeah, you can get that. <laughs> um, so, Man City at home to Crystal Palace. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not the you game that Roy Hodgson yeah. would have wanted right now. No. There, there couldn't be a worse time for for Roy Hodgson to have to play Man City. You feel? I mean, no, no. I, I was uh, looking at the Super Six earlier, and both the uh, you know pundit predictions were both four nil to City. Yeah. See, that was going to be mine as well. Yeah. Funny, I think I, I think I went for four nil. I think it'll either be one of those where it is like four five nil and it's absolute pasting, or it'll be one nil because. Palace will basically put park 10 the people on the goal line. Yeah. I think Palace will put 10 people like they will, they will park the bus and cry and get a, a nil-nil against all odds, basically. But I just think there's enough quality in that city they're side to break down pretty much anyone who's going to try and do yeah. that. So did, they not, did they not score a whole... No, they, they won in the week And I think well, didn't they? when they get the first one, then Palace can't continue to play like no. that and then they'll be able to pick them off. So I'm going to go 4-0 yeah. City. Yeah. It could I, be a bit interesting to see um, how, how well Pep has adapted. I mean, he's got the the firepower there to blow aside playing as poorly as uh, Crystal Palace have, I mean, just absolutely destroy them. But he, how many times has he played against a, a side managed quite well, a Roy Hodgson side is managed? Uh, I mean, he won't be used to quite that level of compactness at the back and really, really shipping out for that, that point. Do you know what I, I would love to see? I would actually like to see the uh, Premier League um, heaviest defeat record broken. I mean, it's currently 9-0, isn't nil. it? Yeah. I, would, I would like um, to see that broken at some point. I can't promise you it won't be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, don't I, I don't think, think it, will... it will. I don't think it will be yeah. as heavy as that. I mean, come the end of this bad run, where Hodgson maybe left to rue that um, game against the Lamb, which is probably the best chance of taking some points he's going to have for a little while. Because I mean, He might be left to rue taking the job at all. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a possibility, yeah. Um, I mean, we've, I think we're all going to agree that Man City are in line to win that one it's hard to see how Crystal Palace can really keep that really potent attack at bay they've kept nothing at bay so far they've lost every game 
Um, I can't see them getting one themselves. Um, it's just a matter of how many yeah, you're going for, many. isn't it? Um, <laughs> we both going for four nil. I'll I'll yeah. be kinder. I'll, I'll say three, but um, yeah, it doesn't look. Like I it's think I said three nil last week at Watford. Mm-hmm. I, um, I said two last week at Watford. Yeah, we saw how that went. So. I'll, I'll be kind and say three. I think I th- maybe the a problem bit is though, more optimistic the, for the, the problem is though that the, the pressure is on. Everyone's expecting City to win and win handsomely, mm-hmm. and you know it gets it half an hour in and there's no goals. Yeah, yeah. then then the fans start to get nervous. And, you know. Yeah. Um, I think so I love the fire part of putting the bed. To be honest. Yeah, probably. But it could be interesting to see how um, lots of uh, mismatch you get between. A team that's really informed, yeah, a team that just looks terrible. I mean, yeah. uh, especially with two very different managers in in Hodgson and Guardiola. I mean, Guardiola playing this really fluid attacking football and Hodgson playing very cagey, very protective football. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see, um, especially in terms of how he's adapting to England, we do get some coaches who do favour that approach. I breaks down a Hodgson side, but no, I, th- I think he should have, have enough firepower to do it. Well, I know you say about if Guardiola can do it, but you know, all of those players have been in the Premier League for, well, oh, not yeah. all of them, but they've been there for a long time, mm-hmm. most of them. So, you know, that they'll know what they're coming up against. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not all just, the manager can't do too much when he sends the players out. It's yeah. up to them to to find that way a lot of the time. Okay, so uh, Southampton, of course, said that um, you've rehearsed his bad start. At home to Man United, who have been on, on excellent form. Um, you feel that probably United could continue their, their winning ways there? It could be a tricky one, though. Yeah, it? like they're sounding off defensively, Southampton. And now Van Dijk's back as well. He mm-hmm. made his first appearance of the season there against Palace. I think it will be tricky for United. I still think they'll get the job done. I just think a big part of... Uh, Southampton's uh, advantage over Palace was their midfield superiority. Which they won't have. Which they won't have, or at least you wouldn't expect them to have against United. So I'm just going to... I'm going to say 2-0 United, but I think it could could be tight enough for them. Yeah, I think it would be tricky enough. I I think I was going to go with a 2-1 for that. I don't know why I should say uh, 1, because Southampton don't often score very many goals. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you always feel like they're, they're might... Okay, I'll, I'll probably call that um, 3-1, you know, I think that could be a 3-1. Uh, looking at It might be another one of those games where it's 1-0 up until about the 80th minute, mm-hmm. and, and then, then yeah. collapse. Yeah, and there's just a collapse again. Yeah. Uh, Swansea at home to Watford, also 3 o'clock. Um, I mean, Swansea had a really resolute defensive performance. Watford, do have goals in them? Um, could almost fizzle out to a draw in that respect if, if Swansea are quite keen to keep it but I mean they're at home so they may want to push on and get all three points I fancy Swansea to get three points I think that defeat will have shaken Watford it'll knock yeah. some of the wind out of their seals Swansea very, very good defensively don't see it being a big scoring match Swansea as you say don't score many don't concede me. I'm going to say 1-0 to Swansea I think I went 0-0 for that I'm inclined to say a draw um there's not going to be a lot of goals. In no, that game. I mean it's, it's not going to be like an epic four-four. Well, if it is, then great. Swansea are, are going to do a lot. I feel to keep you know quite a potent Watford attack at bay, and 
equally they haven't got an awful lot going for themselves. Like it's up being a, a one-one, buying having a cold. Maybe, maybe uh, Bonnie will start and he'll get a goal. Mm-hmm. Just what he needs. Yeah. Uh, so Stoke at home to Chelsea, also three o'clock. I mean, Stoke possibly a bit unlucky against uh, against Newcastle. They have started the season quite well. Chelsea will be looking to to kick on. That was an unfortunate draw, but I mean, Arsenal did do very well, so there wasn't much they could do about that. Yeah, um, it's a hard one to call it. It I mean, is because Stoke, Stoke are, are tricky. Well, they've beaten Arsenal and drawn with United, so that we know that they are capable mm-hmm. of taking something from the top sides. I'm I'm very tempted to, to predict almost, a, yeah, to predict yeah. a draw, but I just think we saw last season how how ruthless that. Chelsea side are be, yeah. and and they were in midweek. I forget who they were playing in the cup, but they they absolutely thrashed somebody. I think. Yeah, and you just think that I'm going to say two one to Chelsea. I think that on the day they'll have enough. That, they'll yeah. have enough to get over the line and get the three points. Yeah, I think I went two one to Chelsea for that. I'd, as you say, like Stoke can can be an absolute nightmare for mm-hmm. some of the top sides, but it's I'd a hard just, place to go. Yeah, I think Chelsea just got that. Uh, uh, I'm I'm inclined to say I think Stoke might just uh, cause an upset there. I think this can sneak a two one. That's uh, well, my... possible. anything's possible, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'll never know. Stoke the weekend. So, I think no. I, if I'm going to call an upset, that might be the one. I mean, it depends, doesn't it? You know, wrong, m- maybe uh, maybe Chelsea's ill discipline will continue and mm-hmm. lose someone in the first twenty. It's, minutes. it's not a side you want to face with ten men, certainly. No, away. not at all. Um, and especially if the you know. The, Who's going to be playing at the back for Chelsea? Louise is suspended. Mm-hmm. Cahill's just come back from an injury. Is that right? Uh, Cahill's come back from suspension. Suspension, yeah. right. Uh, so they'll have Cahill and Aspilicueta will be playing at the back, won't he? And then probably Rudiger. Probably again. Yeah. Guess. Well, he looked a bit. Sus- he looked a bit suspect didn't he, yeah. the last time he played. So um, still new signings, haven't they? Barely yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I think Chelsea will have too much, but okay. It and could the... be an awkward one. <laughs> the the late kick off uh, half five that's a uh, bit of deja vu I mean uh, Leicester at the King Power Liverpool have to go to the King Power much like midweek um, it'd, be, it'd be a different lineup from Liverpool you'd imagine yeah, yeah. Uh, and from and Leicester, Leicester for as well wasn't yeah. it for, for I, have, I think Leicester are almost the perfectly designed team to beat Liverpool in terms of well, they haven't got a good record uh, Liverpool against them in, like uh, the, the they way uh, that they sit deep They'll defend narrow. They've got that out ball in Vardy. They yeah. play two up to trouble that shaky defence. I just think I I'm going to say two one to Leicester. I really think that Liverpool. This is exactly the sort of team that Liverpool struggle most against. So I, I'm inclined to say there'll be a response. I mean, <laughs> is that because you're biased or is that yes? But uh, <laughs> so that's not an objective. Like I wouldn't even be surprised to see uh, Robertson. On the bench or even I, I in the stand, really, on Moreno back yeah, on the pitch I mean, again. I, I really fear that might be true because so often in, in the league, I mean, what does he have to do to get a game? He, the one game he started in the league, he got man of the match and he was dropped immediately after. So I really feel for him. I hope he does get a play because I think when, when when he got the ball down the, the left flank in the first half, he was putting in some good crosses. And um, as we talked about at half time, they must have really talked about that uh, in the dressing room because they put a lot of effort into stopping the ball getting down the left at all. I mean, I have a certain bias, but uh, I, I do think Liverpool can get a response, change things around. I think, well, it'll be two very different lineups. So it's hard to compare those two to how they like it line up on, on the Saturday. But uh, no, I'm, I'm inclined to settle 2 0 Liverpool. 
no, I, I think it would be 2-1 to Leicester. I, I, th- I think that it's just at the back, I think, as Keir says, you know, that if you just get the ball to Vardy and you've got Akazaki running about as well, you know, that they will bother. They will cause a lot of problems for for Liverpool back line. But then Liverpool going forward are usually pretty good, aren't they? So Yeah. Um, Do you going to score? Do you think yeah. it will be so wasteful again? Yeah. Ho- hopefully it'll be something like 3-2, you know, plenty yeah. of goals. and Especially if they keep Coutinho on for the 90 minutes this time, they'll yeah. take them off half-time like they did. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go, hopefully, hopefully a nice 3-2. OK, um, only the one Sunday game, 4 o'clock, uh, Brighton at home to Newcastle. Actually, a lot of 3 o'clock kickoffs this week on, the, on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, a bit of a rarity. But like it? the old days, but um, Brighton on Newcastle. I mean, Newcastle are going well. I think uh, it's, that's going to be a tough one for Brighton at home. I mean, Brighton have uh, picked up a bit more than I you know the, the, the game just passed there. That wasn't as good, but they've got four points on the board now. It's a bit of a mixed start could be potential banana skin in the middle of this uh, good run for Benitez I don't think you call the banana skin as such I mean they're going away to a club who were neck and neck with them last season in the championship so I, I'm going to say one all I think it was that St James's Park it would back Newcastle but I'm going to say one all here So yeah I, I think if it was if it was at Newcastle I would expect them expect them to win but yeah I think a draw would be be about fair no, I'm inclined to quit that as well. I think one one's fairly plausible for what it could be. Uh, and, and I think Brighton will be okay with that. Yeah, it could be worse. It's not a bad point. I mean, yeah. at home you want to take as many wins as you can, but I think Brighton are being quite realistic here and think it's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's going to be difficult for them to win a lot of Premier League games. The odd point here and there, it's probably going to add up. It could be the difference at the end of the the season. I, I don't see Newcastle being relegation candidates anyways no. I, I don't see them looking as a six pointer no no, no I wouldn't not so. in current evidence at least okay so uh, if we're talking about banana skins here's potential on a Arsenal West Brom yeah it's at the Emirates though and I just mm-hmm. think with their good result last week I think so hard to West call, Brom I mean, have slipped a little in recent games mm-hmm. and I, I I'm going to say 1-0 Arsenal I think they've got they'll have enough quality to to do it and I, I I see Arsenal getting the win here to keep themselves or rather to get themselves as they're about 12th at the minute in the league uh, into the mix so yeah I'm going to go 2-1 two, 2-1 one. Two, one to Arsenal mm-hmm. I'm, I'm inclined to say an Arsenal win as well it is so hard to call though I mean depends what Arsenal show up if it's uh, if it's the Arsenal that played against Chelsea did very well at least they could have won that game Um, then yeah I mean you feel they could definitely beat West Brom but I mean it's, it's about uh, what Arsenal turns up I am inclined to say they're not going to slip right back immediately, but um, yeah, it'll, it'll probably be 3-1 Arsenal, let's say. All right, so it's all of our games then. Okay, so that's uh, that's all the games to talk about this week. Um, so we're going to wrap up here. Thank you, and we'll be back next week as usual. Take care until then. Goodbye.